howdy doody. It's Monday morning. It, if it's 9.30, if the morning thus far is an indication of how the rest of the day is going to go, either it can only go up from here or I'm about to turn around and go back to bed. <laughs> it hasn't been that bad. I'm just being dramatic. My, uh, if you've worked for any type of a medical or home health company or real, probably anywhere at this point, the way computers are, my company, I, I don't even know, really. I just try to stay very minimally on top of it, enough to accomplish the things that I need to accomplish. But there are like, I, I want to say four to six different systems. There's the training website. There's the, like our actual charting site. There's the site that you go to to ask for time off. There's another site that you go to to look at your pay stuff. I mean, that's four right there. And I know that's not all of them. I, don't, I just don't mess with the other ones. All of them have requirements for a password. You think I keep up with that kind of stuff? Heck no. So this morning, I'm ready to go. I'm trying to type, you know, to get my first patient's chart pulled up. I got to change my password. What? And of course, you can't just change the password. That'd be too easy. Oh no, you have to remember the previous password that you used. You think I remember what that is from like, what? I don't even know how often it does this. Six months ago? No. Thankfully, I don't know why, but my tablet is set up to where it saves the password. Like I'm not typing it in every day. You know, it's saved in there. And uh, I was able to, I don't know, finagle the system and see the password, see the old one and put it in and uh, change the new. I don't know. Ugh, it's too much. It's probably not very secure to have all my passwords stored on my tablet. Probably, probably my IT guy would probably lose his mind if he knew that. But I blame them. They shouldn't have so many different systems. My, my uh, part-time job is... A hundred times worse. They have... Oh, boy. I just sent out a group text about the girls' birthday parties coming up. So now people are responding back with the thumbs up emoji. Cut it out. Cut it out. Um, now, my second job, I've told... I literally have told the woman who's in charge of, like, the IT and stuff like that. I've told her this company is not user-friendly. Like, this company, for a part-time job, I've given more time and effort to the things that they need me to do when it comes to computer, and it's too much. I just want to do my job. I just want to do my job. Anyway, I'm finally on my way. Then, I go to Speedway to get a cup of ice, because, I, you know, I like to chew some ice when I'm driving, and... I was really jonesing for it because yesterday I took my kids to rallies while I was uh, having to wash all my clothes at the laundromat. I think I mentioned before my laundry room. Well, I'll update you all on that. Hold on. I, I took my kids to rallies while my clothes are washing. And I didn't get anything because I wasn't really that hungry, but they were hungry. And I just, I ordered, this is what I ordered. A large Diet Coke, extra ice. I told this little girl two times because she messed up the order and then I had to repeat it. And, the, and my drink was the last thing on it, extra ice. I get up there, I kid you not, she hands me this drink. I pull away, I go to take a drink of it. It's got like four pieces of half, fro half melted ice in it. I went back through the drive-thru. I said, listen, here's what I need you to do. I need you to fill up this cup all the way to the top with ice and then just splash a little Diet Coke on the top of it, okay? Because really, I'm paying like $2.20 for the ice. I know it's ridiculous, but that's what I want right now. I want to choose some ice. Okay, no problem. She hands it back to me. It's, it's still not, like, whatever. Anyway, so I really wanted some ice. Speedway, Speedway's ice machine is down. What? 
How you gonna have your ice machine down when it's like 100 degrees? Come on. Whatever, I didn't want your dumb ice anyway. No, actually I did. No, I don't have any ice to do. It's fine. It's okay, I'm fine. I got a... I got an ice machine at my house, but, uh, when I got my foster care license, because I had to have a well, I had to have my water tested just to make sure that it wasn't toxic or anything. Turns out, according to the county testing guy, it is totally toxic. <laughs> so we don't drink it. Like, I grew up, I don't know if I've said this before, but... My aunt and uncle lived in the house where I'm at for like 22 years before I bought it. And so I grew up drinking the water. I grew up being over there from like age seven on until they moved. Uh, I'm positive that they never had any filtered water or anything like that. So... I mean, I know wells and pipes and things like that can corrode over the years and maybe that's the problem, but... So we don't drink the water. We do use the ice. And I've never had any problems. And none of the kids have ever gotten sick or anything. But And obviously even before I had the water tested. Like for quite a few years. We were drinking the water out of the tap. Like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we all just have steel stomachs. But. I'm a little bit hesitant. To uh, chew a lot of ice for my house. Because then I'm afraid of like building up what if I build up toxins in my body that'd be bad um anyway so I was at the laundromat because it's kind of crazy <clears throat> when you go to the when you take your kids to the pediatrician you know they have you do these questionnaires every time and one of the questions that's on at least at my pediatrician is do you live in a house that was built before 1950 or something? And my answer obviously is yes. My house is built in 1909. The jury's out. It's, uh, there's no, but I think it's 1909. So I always check yes, which means that my kids every year have a blood draw test for lead. Just to make sure because you, who knows. My older three kids have never tested high when it comes to their lead levels nothing well then out of nowhere max at his one year checkup tested a little bit high not like that there was any concern about like him i mean there's a little bit of concern i don't like it it made me concerned and so he got connected with some resources it's really been an awful ordeal because the county health department was supposed to provide someone to test the whole house for lead. They didn't do that. This was what this is how this went down. I called after like weeks and weeks and weeks of trying to get a hold of somebody. I finally get a hold of this guy. He's like, uh, yeah, I'm the only person in the county that does the lead testing, and uh, I broke my leg, and I can't walk. So, and I was like, so you're telling me that nobody else is going to be covering your work while your health, like your leg heals or whatever you got going on? Oh, yeah, there's supposed to be somebody from the state that comes in and, and covers it. Oh, okay. Well, that never happened. I never heard anything. Anyway, I finally got a letter from the state because even though they don't want to do their jobs, they are quick to send some letters to let me know that they were notified that his lead levels were high. Thank you. That's not helpful. Anyway, I called the state, finally tracked down this guy who comes from the state, from Columbus state health department uh-oh we have a intoxicated individual walking across the street here oh bless his heart please don't fall please don't fall oh no oh oh but 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 okay he made it just go home man just go to your bed you don't need to be out like be out walking around right now it's not a good time for it. Poor thing. 
anyway, um, this joker from the state comes to my house, stays there for six hours with his little testing gun, testing every single surface in my home for lead. This guy, he needs to take it on home. Wow. Very, very intoxicated. Very much so under the influence at 9.30 a.m. Times are tough, people. Times are tough. Uh, anyway, then I never hear from him. He ghosts me. He tells me it's going to take him a couple weeks to get the results together. They'll come in the mail, blah, blah, blah. He ghosts me. I never heard another thing from him. Should I call and find out what's going on? Probably. But what happened was he told me while he was there about certain portions while he was testing that were coming up with lead readings. Some of them were like not at the level that anything needed to be done at. They were really, really, really super, super faint. But some of them were a little bit higher. Anyway, so the one of the ones where it was a little bit higher was in my laundry room, which was a build-on um, to the house. And so because it was a build-on, a built-on room, two of the walls actually still had the original wood siding. And if you know anything about lead paint, let me teach you if you don't. Lead, lead paint was typically used for exterior, was used a lot for exterior paint because it was waterproof. And so these, this exterior siding that was in my laundry room, even though it really wasn't chipping that bad, and I don't, I mean, I don't really remember, remember seeing like chipped paint or anything, it had, it was lead and it had lead paint in it. So all of that's been taken down. There were some, uh, like, I don't know how to call them, ceiling beam things <laughs> that were taken down that were chipping a little bit more than the siding. Even Anyway, so my laundry room's tore up. And it's all quarantined. I can't even go in there with, like, pl heavy plastic and everything to keep dust and everything out of my kitchen and the rest of the house. Then... I'm also getting my kitchen redone with new countertops and, and cabinets and new sink. And I'm finally getting a flipping dishwasher. I'm so excited. So that's happening. So basically, the first two rooms in my house that you see when you walk in the door are tore up from the floor up. Literally. Tore up. I don't know why I was saying that. Oh, yeah. That's why I had to go to the laundromat. I don't have a washer and dryer hooked up right now. I do have a washer and dryer, but it's in my garage. <laughs> that ain't going to do me any good. Here's what I'm going to tell you, though. I mean, I don't like going to the laundromat. It is kind of a pain. But it's not... I don't know how to explain it. It has its pros and cons. I might keep up doing it even after I get the washer and dryer hooked up and then like just use the washer and dryer for like, you know, kids uniforms when they need them in between. So I, the last time I went was two weeks ago and I did 14 loads of laundry yesterday washed and dried and it took me less it took me about two hours for the entire process do you know how long it would take me to do 14 loads a lot like that's like two weeks worth because I can really only do about a load or two a day so at least a week and then like I come home it's all dry I come home I dump it all out on the living room floor after I vacuum because my kids are filthy <clears throat> bless their hearts and I folded it all last night and then now it's like in one night and one afternoon evening all of the clothes in the house are washed dried and folded Charlie takes them up to everybody's room so eventually they'll get put away and we're done I don't know. It's kind of nice. Cost me like 20 bucks. 
20 bucks, two hours of time, you know, maybe an extra hour of folding or whatever, and done? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just no, there's no guarantee of being able to get out there, I guess, is a thing, depending on what kids have going on and stuff. I've been fortunate. I've had a little bit of time on Sundays where I've gone on Sundays and done it, but <clears throat> anyway, that's what I've been doing with my laundry. Like, cause I knew you wanted to know. I knew, I knew you wanted to know what was, what was happening. I wanted to add this on to my, uh, <clears throat> I'm not a feminist chit chat. Um, just as I'm thinking about like how I've recently had to have quite a bit of interactions with contractors and roofers and such such as it is, men's the men's in general um, when it comes to you know paying them for for you know some type of work or something at my house. Here's what I'm going to say when it comes to women, you know, I know, I know, I would imagine for the most part, women that I'm, that are listening or, or most women just naturally, it's not, and it's not wrong. Just think it's just an, it's just natural to make an assumption. And sometimes it's just what it is, is that a man will know more about negotiating with a contractor and making plans for construction or roofing or whatever it would be for your home. And so I think most women who have a husband will just naturally default to their husband um, to handle those types of things. I know, I mean, I'm going off of what I see like with my parents and with some, a few of my friends who I know, you know, hand, you know, are married. Um, you know, I know my dad, like my mom will schedule, like my dad can't talk on the phone he's gets flustered but my mom will handle the scheduling but then when it comes to like the actual people coming out I mean he handles all of that he does all of it anyway but if I have any single women who are listeners I want you to know you can do it and uh what it comes down to is just sticking with what you want and how you want it to be And if the person who you're working with can't accommodate you on what you want and how you want it done, then don't use them, which is a pain. For me, it's a big pain because I would rather just deal with it and get it done than have to search for another person, another person, another person. But what I found, okay, just as an example, I went and met with a, uh, the, the son of the owner of a cabinet and countertop, like, distribution place, and, uh, my mom set that, set all this up, because this guy goes to her church or whatever. I didn't realize until I got there that they were not, like, a catch-all. They only did the materials, and then you were kind of responsible for either using one of their contractors that they referred you to, which who knows when they'd be available, or, you know, obviously finding your own. So whatever, I went went ahead, carried on with the meeting, did it. I saw this kid on a Saturday. <clears throat> he tells me he'll contact me by the middle of the week and schedule something probably for the end of the upcoming week because he obviously needs to get measurements and things like that of my kitchen so he can get an idea on how much cabinets and countertops are going to be. Give me a quote, blah, blah, blah. The whole following week goes by. I don't hear anything from him. At that point, you fired. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't care whose church you go to. Don't do that. And that's what it, that's what I want to say. Like, just stay in your ground And if somebody doesn't do, either doesn't do what they say they're going to do or doesn't do what you ask them to do and they agree to it, just, just fire them. Just be done with it because there's, there's 20 other companies, there's 20 other people lined up behind them that would love to take your money. And that, that's where I'm, that's where I've been recently is it, it kind of makes you look like a bitch. I'll be honest. 
and I'm not, that's not me, like, I hate to be that person, I hate to be real, like, aggressive, and, and, like, really sticking it to somebody, and, and, and being hardcore, but you kind of have to be that way, as I've been called mean, you kind of have to be mean, (laughs) because if not, like, it's not okay, it's not okay for you, for you to tell me that you're going to contact me in the middle of the week, and scheduled by the end of the week, and a whole entire week goes by, and then I don't, I, I don't hear anything from you. That's not okay. Like I want to know that when you tell me you're going to do something, that it's actually going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, goodbye. Like there's other companies, there's other people. Again, it's a pain. I have been literally trying to schedule and have my. I really, really, really wanted to have my kitchen done before my kids went back to school and that's not going to happen and it sucks and a lot of the reason why it's not going to happen is because the company that I've the companies that I've been trying to work with I've just had to kind of I don't know just kind of put my foot down and say this is what I want this is how I want it done no I don't want that yes I do want this and uh because of that I mean it's just kind of the process is drug out so I don't know I know it's easy to just write a check and say, okay, fine, you're a man, I guess you must know what's best, but, um, like, for me, it's my house, it's my home, like, I'm going to be living there for the rest of my life, and hopefully, and, uh, so I want it to be what I want it to be, and I want to know where my money's going. I'm not just going to take a quote of some random number pulled out of the sky and write a check and be okay with it. I want to know exactly what I'm paying for. And so anyway, ladies, if you're listening and you're trying to figure out how to manage these types of things on your own, you can do it. You don't need a dad. You don't need a husband. Just get in your phone book and start calling and start asking questions and start comparing numbers And it'll take some time. It'll take some time to land on somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Always ask for references. Always check, uh, you know, Google and, and all those other places where people do reviews. And, uh, just always really ask around. Ask around a lot and make sure you have a good handle on... the person's work ethic and their history before you, you know, before you start giving them money. I keep having to pause it because I'm super congested. I don't want you to hear me. It's kind of gross. Me sucking snot up in my head. But can we just pause also on the, on the, on the topic at hand and talk about how people are still riding bumpers on the highway? Are you serious right now? You're driving a Kia. Okay, you're driving a a small little car, a Kia, a little teeny Kia, and you're riding my bumper in a minivan? Do you know what would happen if I had to stop fast at 70 miles an hour and you're in a Kia? You'd come straight through my van or or straight under it. What is wrong with people? Ugh. I can't. Can't deal. I can't deal. All right, I'm going to get into my topic because it's kind of elaborate. I'm going to be honest. I already recorded this episode once, and when I listened through it, I didn't really like it. Uh, so I'm I'm going to re-record it. <clears throat> I'm going to touch on some of the same things that I already talked about, but in the previous recording. But I'm going to just just maybe wrap it up a little bit quicker. I need a tissue so bad. And normally there'd be piles of napkins and stuff everywhere, but I cleaned out my van last night. Stupid. <laughs> cleaned out my van. Of course, as I'm cleaning it, and like having my kids help me to get trash and stuff out of it, here runs, here goes uh, a girl that I graduated high school with who literally won like best dressed or something in the anyway she's nice she's really nice person I like her a lot (laughs) here she goes running by me my hot mess express literally running she's out taking a jog by herself and I'm wrestling four kids in a dirty minivan this you know what one of these days I'm gonna have it together it's okay it's okay it's fine it's fine (laughs) Rachel good for you good for you for being out running 
You're doing a good job. You're doing good things. Your 60-year-old body will thank you. Good work. <clears throat> All right, let's get into this uh, topic here. Okay. So, I had uh, I had my birthday last week on Tuesday, August 6th. I received no presents from any of y'all. Very disappointing. I'm just kidding. I really don't care. I worked all day. Charlie had cross-country practice in the evening. Uh, Clara went with her dad. My parents were adamant about having me over to uh, do cake and whatever. It's fine. We went over there. It was like 8 o'clock at night. Um, so just, just another Tuesday really, but here's the thing that was different that really has, it was a different birthday for me and I was really grateful. Nobody else maybe really realized how different and special it was for me, but I'll always remember my 37th birthday for this reason. And I'm going to back up a couple days before that on Sunday, I didn't get to go to church yesterday, this week, because Max, my baby, he, every time he gets a little bit of a runny nose, he starts wheezing like he's a, having a pack-a-day smoke or asthma attack, so I don't like to take him to church, because then he's in the nursery, and people are like, he's wheezing, oh my gosh, I'm like, yeah, I know, he's fine, like, look at him running around, he's wild. The doctor calls him a happy wheezer. <laughs> That's not the coolest thing for a kid to have, a happy wheezer. Anyway, but last Sunday, the Sunday before my birthday... For the first time in a lot of years, my pastor, for some reason, he almost always, at some point, in almost almost every message comes around or makes some type of a reference to, like, hidden sin or things in your life that you need to deal with or things in your life that are holding you back or things that you need to evaluate or, you know evaluate your heart or just just always kind of brings it around to that and um and for a lot of years I've sat in church and when he's made those types of comments or said those types of things there have been things in my life and behaviors in my life that I have always come to mind and it was always it wasn't like glaring obvious like oh, okay yeah these are for sure things that are wrong that I need to change and let me do it okay they were things that it was like uh, I don't know like maybe it's not okay or maybe I need to think about it or no I mean I got it under control and regardless though they did always come to mind these behaviors and these things that I were doing <clears throat> was doing did always come to mind and so for the first time on the Sunday before my birthday, not that there aren't always things, even even eliminating these behaviors, of course, there's still things that I need to change, that I need to do better, that I need to improve upon, that God lays on my heart. Even then, you know, it, it was just nice on that particular Sunday to sit there and he starts talking about, you know, <clears throat> evaluating your heart and you know, secret things, you know, behaviors, blah, blah, blah. And I honestly was like, yeah, I feel so good. I don't feel like these things are not in my life anymore. And that, that feels really good to know that like, I don't have these things coming to mind because they're not a part of my life. This congestion stuff is really, really killing me. I hope I can get through the rest of this episode. You're welcome that I've been pausing it while I deal with it. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, so the first thing, and really, it kind of rolls together with the second thing too. So I'll probably just talk about them together because it's really, a, they're really hand in hand um, when it comes to, to both, you know, these two things. But <clears throat> the first thing is uh, at 37 years old. After 20 years on and off, I stopped smoking. I'm no longer a smoker. That's right. Your girl used to be on the SIG train. Can you believe that? Isn't that awful? I don't know. This is why I didn't like my previous episode. is because I, I made comments to where it, ma it made me sound like I'm being judgmental. And I'm not. I'm not. 
if you're a smoker, if you're a closet smoker like I was for so many years, I'm not being judgmental. Like, I get it. I understand. And I don't, I'm going to preface my whole talk, my whole episode with this. I do not have a single bit of judgment in my heart towards any person who smokes because I understand it. I know it's hard to stop. I understand why. I enjoy it. I like smoking. It's not something that I find disgusting. It's not something that I find like I have any real moral issue with it. I like it. Here's, but I'm going to tell you why I stopped. And I'm going to tell you why it became something that was something that I needed to stop. It was a sin. It was, it was wrong in my life for more than one reason. But let me give you a little backstory. When I was like 16, I, uh... I still haven't totally figured this out. Like I said, this is the second time that I've recorded this episode. And I, the first time I recorded it, I was confused too. But Because don't you have to be 18 to buy nicotine products? How was I buying? Anyway. But I was like 16, 17 years old. <clears throat> my friend Jennifer was dating this guy. And my friend Jenny... Okay, keep in mind, these are girls that I went to church with. Youth group girls. Okay. My friend Jenny and I didn't like him. We didn't think it was a great fit. And so this was before the days of smartphones and texting and anything like that. So what we did was, what any good friend should do, is we parked across the street from her house one night and spied on her when we knew that this guy was over. And we camped out in this uh, park shelter across the street from her house And somehow, for some reason, I had these, not cigars, but they're called cigarillos. They're like little, they look like cigarettes, but they're cigars, they're brown. I had one of those and was was smoking it. Why and how, those are questions I don't have answers for, but that's just what was going down. So then, from there... I graduated, I wasn't like a daily, through high school, I don't remember ever actually smoking cigarettes, um, and then when I went to college, I went to a pretty strict Christian college, and so I don't remember ever smoking for the first two years that I went to college, and then when I left there, I transferred to a state college in eastern Kentucky, And I don't really remember when it started there, but I had a a girl that I became really good friends with, and then we ended up uh, living together in this awful, awful, nasty trailer. Disgusting. Shelby. Shelby was her name. I forgot that the last time I was recording. I just remembered Shelby. Um, That wasn't my roommate's name. That was the name of the trailer, to be clear. And I don't remember if she smoked before I got to be friends with her or if I was a bad influence. Probably me, if I had to guess. But anyway, that was our thing. Like, we'd sit outside on the trailer stairs and we'd smoke. We'd ride in her car and, like, smoke and then douse ourselves in Bath and Body Works nasty sweet pea spray. Like, that was going to help anything. I mean, that was just our deal. We were both, like closet secret smokers and we kept our cigs in the cabinet like in the kitchen and kept them hidden you know like just just normal you know just normal hidden hidden cigs um anyway so let me do some work here oh my gosh I think that was the funniest thing that's ever happened to me on this job I pull up obviously this is a patient I haven't met before so I don't know what she looks like I pull up into this bu- this uh, building, and it's four apartments in one building. I pull into the parking, the little driveway, and this old lady comes out and starts to get in my van. I'm like, uh, what are you doing? She said, are you my friend that's giving me a ride? I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am, I'm sure not. Are you my patient? Nope, she's next door. Oh, okay, that's my bad. All right, I'll be back. Whoa, I started recording this morning and then ended up having to take a phone call 
And so I thought it would be deleted and it's still here. I thought I was going to have to start all over and I was okay with that because I had rambled a lot in the beginning, but it's still here. Crazy. Okay. Well, I guess I'll finish it up. I just went ahead and stopped. Chick-fil-A. I'm going to tell you right now, I thought you were the Lord's food, but I guess you're not because why did I go see your drive-thru to get some extra, to get some ice and you're giving out macaroni and cheese samples? Get out of here, devil. I got one. You know what it tastes like? Uh, cafeteria, government cheese, macaroni. <laughs> I mean, it, that's what it tastes like. Nothing special. Just a heads up. Save your money. Your kids will eat it. That's the only good thing. Your kids will eat it. But why would they? When you're going through a drive-thru and you can get fries. Uh, hello. Yeah. It tastes like, uh, it tastes like KFC macaroni and cheese, except less... Uh, less government cheesy, but still government cheesy for sure. Yeah. Anyway, it came out of a can, no doubt about it. <clears throat> anyway, so stopped at Office Depot, got the rest of the kids' school supplies, stopped, like I said, got some ice, finished with my first, pa my only patient. I don't know why I even scheduled a patient for today, but I did. It's done and over with. So now I'm driving home. I think I was talking about how I started smoking when I was 16, which is, again, still confusing. Anyway, I got into college in Kentucky. I think this is where I was at. My roommate, her and I started um, actually smoking cigarettes, you know, Bath and Body Works. I think I talked about that spray like that would do anything. There was one summer that I stayed in Kentucky for the entire summer, and there were a couple of people that I was kind of friends with before that summer but it was like we were the only ones that were in Kentucky all summer taking classes and so the three of us spent like every waking moment together and the me and the girl smoked like I was probably the heaviest that I've ever smoked I mean I like chain smoke non-stop that entire summer I lived with a family and was a nanny for them and they had a little walkout patio out of the basement um, bedroom where I where I stayed, and I sat out on that patio a lot and smoked. Um, <clears throat> sat on the patio at my little house that I rented, like I said, at the trailer. It was kind of my deal, like pretty well all through college. But I will say this: like I worked at um, a Christian camp for two of the summers that I was in Kentucky, and I stopped. I just stopped for the entire summer. I met my first husband the first summer that I worked at camp, and I don't know to this day that he ever knew that I had smoked, had ever smoked. When I would go and see him, he was in college in Texas, when I would go and see him, I wouldn't smoke while I was there. Um, <clears throat> when I lived in Texas, uh, after I graduated, I lived in Texas for a year while he finished school, and this, again, figure it out. I was trying to lose weight and get ready for our wedding. I would go out. I was a live-in nanny. And I lived with this family um, and took care of their kids and stuff. You know, they worked. And I would go out and I would run for like... I, at that point, I, was run, I would run a lot. I would run like three, four, five miles at a time. And um, which... <laughs> now I'm even thinking of stupid stuff like how dangerous... I literally was based, I was in basically Mexico. I was only about five miles north of the border where I was living. There were, again, no smartphones. I don't even think I had a cell phone at that point. I might have. I know I didn't take it with me. I would just go out in their neighborhood, which was like, I just remember it being really dark. And I, I don't know, 20 year olds, am I right? They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but I would run like four or five miles at night. And then I would get home where I was staying and my reward for working out was that I would go out the door, you know, onto their little backyard area uh, beside my bedroom and I would smoke. What? I don't know. Again, like that family, I don't think that they ever knew that I smoked. I was really, really good, or at least I think I was really, really good at keeping this habit a secret. When I got married to my first husband, we moved to uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I didn't smoke any of the time that I was there. Then I was pregnant with my son. I didn't smoke through my entire pregnancy. But pretty quickly after he was born, I had moved back to Ohio. And I remember um, 
working third shift at the store where my dad worked and like being on my breaks outside smoking and being terrified that my dad was going to see me because he'd be there working sometimes the same time I was and like being terrified that my dad was going to catch me smoking and what would happen and oh this is the thing and I'm going to I'm going to get into I'm going to talk about it more but this is one of the really big red flags that consistently over the years has has come up that I think is what made me know that it was wrong and it was something that I needed to stop doing is that it's always been in secret. It's always been something I've tried to hide. It's always been something that I'm not comfortable with other people knowing about me. I have never come right out. Like I just got off the phone with my pastor's wife, who's a good friend of mine. If she knows that I smoke, that's fine, but I don't, I've never told her. I've never come out and told her. It's not something that I've ever been honest with anybody, any of my friends about. Um, out of my family, I know that my parents know that I've smoked on and off. One time my mom found a receipt <laughs> that had cigarettes on it. She was like, Mama, what is this? <laughs> like, I don't know, Mom. My brother um, and sister-in-law know that I've smoked on and off. My kids don't know. You know, it's just like, it, it's something that I've done in secret. And I've told my son this, and I believe this for adults too. If it's something that you're having to sneak to do, if it's not something that you can do out in the open in front of your friends and family, then chances are nine times out of 10, it's not something you should be doing. And that's what it came down to for me. It was like, I have this habit. I have this behavior that I don't necessarily feel bad about. Uh, you know, it's a, I'm an adult. I'm making a choice. I'm aware of the health risks. But I there, there's two factors. And I'll talk more about this. But factor number one for me was that it continued to be something that I was hiding and doing in secret. And so that gave me a feeling of guilt as if I should not be doing it. And factor number two is that as the years went by, it definitely became... A behavior that I depended on to address issues of stress and anxiety. And so because it was something that I was going to, instead of going to God with the anxieties of my day, with the stress of my day, when when it came to work and my uh, ex-husband and my kids or whatever it would be, that's where I knew that it was wrong. Is that a, that second factor? So just fast forward, um, <clears throat> Met my second husband. Tried to hide it from him for quite a while, too. I was I was smoking on and off when I met him. Um, I was living with my parents, so it was definitely more off than it was on. But I don't remember when. It just got to the point where I, I didn't care anymore that he knew. And so I was smoking. Um, we moved to the house that I'm at now. And it has a, a porch right off the, the door. And so I would... As our marriage quickly became more and more and more um, dysfunctional, I this and this is what I'm talking about as far as turning to this behavior as a way to escape and as a way to relieve anxieties. I would be home all day with my kids. I would um, sometimes work at night, sometimes not. But if I was home at night and I wanted and needed to avoid interactions with him. I would spend a lot of time out on the porch smoking and reading. I read a lot of books then. It's crazy. Like, even just a couple of years ago, Netflix and Hulu and all those things weren't really popular. So, I didn't watch TV. Like, I would just read and read and read books. I haven't read a book in, like, three or four years. <laughs> sucks. Too many babies. You know what I mean? If I start reading a book, I fall asleep. I can't help it. I, I barely make it through a movie anymore. But um, anyway, so and then, so this kind of rolls into the second habit. I've talked about how I went through college. I went through four and a half years of college and really, I can't remember really hardly ever drinking. There were a couple times, you know, when we'd get a bottle of wine. Um, I never really drank beer ever. Like I was in a state college and still just didn't. I was super involved in the Baptist Student Union, and so the kids that I ran around with, it just wasn't really a thing. Like, we, we just didn't really, it wasn't part of our 
you know, weekend or evening activities, I guess I could say. But, but then when I married my second husband, he, I've talked about, is an alcoholic. He can, you know, ask him. He'll say he's not. He is. Whatever. Uh, and so he obviously was bringing alcohol into the house a lot. And I thought, you know what? Like, well, I might as well. This is another way that I can cope and make it through my evenings with him. And so I started drinking um, small amounts of vodka or a beer or, two, you know, two beers or whatever. I, I, I have no tolerance. So when I say, like, I'm not trying... <laughs> I'm not trying to downplay, like, yeah, I was drinking a, a half a gallon of vodka every night. And, and and I'm like, no, I wasn't drinking that much. No, like, I really wasn't. I'm not able. I'm not able to drink very much to where I don't start to feel compromised, number one. And number two, I'm terrified of vomiting and of having a hangover. And so if I even start to feel like I'm tipping the scale of, like, feeling intoxicated even close to that I'll stop because I'm terrified that I'm going to end up having a hangover the next day and I can't I'm a big baby I can't deal with it so when I say I didn't drink that much I'm not like in denial I really didn't and I couldn't but what it came down to is that it was every single night for years I'm talking like for six or seven years every single night while my ex-husband was in the home it was to get away from him. It was to be outside. It was to cope with the stress and anxiety and basically trauma of being married to him. When he left, obviously there were quite a few years that it was still dramatic and still chaotic. And so still dealing with a lot of anxiety and stress from even being separated from him. And as new information started to come to light about what had really been going on in our marriage and what he had been, things he had been doing in our marriage just increased stress, stress. And obviously I'm raising kids at this time on my own, dealing with my home, you know, all, everything that comes with it, still working full time, sometimes two and three jobs at a time. Um, and then, oh, I just happened to pause it to get a drink. Y'all almost heard me curse. <laughs> Somebody pulled out in front of me as I'm coming down the road. I had to do a hard swerve again and not get an accident. Man, if I can make it and not get wrecked this van, it'll be a miracle. People drive like idiots. Ugh. Anyway. So, when things started to finally calm down and we were not... He was officially gone and we weren't talking any, as regularly and... He pretty well ghosted myself and my kids for quite a while um, and wasn't really around or involved with their lives at all. And that was the best times. I mean, he's, he's a toxic person, and, and especially for me. Now, maybe not for other people. Maybe for not other people if you've ever interacted with But for me, he creates just a toxic environment in my soul <laughs> to where I feel just triggered. If you want to use the, what the kids are saying these days. I just feel it just makes my anxiety and stress just through the roof. Um, and so when he wasn't around and things were calm and even now I would say things are calm where we have a really structured court order. So it's limited involvement, limited contact. Um, I found myself like not necessarily drinking and smoking in the evenings to deal with stress or anxiety, but I created an award system to where, or reward system, whatever you want to call it, to where I'm, I worked all day and I took care of my kids and we went to these activities and I cooked them dinner and I, and then they went to bed and I did, uh, I did my work and I did all this laundry and I washed all the dishes and I cleaned everything. And so now my reward for completing all of my tasks for the day is instead of just being like a normal person and going to bed, I'm going to go outside and relax by having a beer and smoking two cigarettes, literally two cigarettes every night for years. Like it doesn't even make any sense, but, it, but like I said, not only did it become a reward system, it definitely became a habit. Um, I don't know if even on two cigarettes a night, if you could say that I had an addiction because I never smoked during the day. I never smoked while I was driving. Now there were periods of time over the past 20 years that I did smoke while I was driving, especially when I was working nights 
and weekends and I'd be in my vehicle by myself and my kids weren't with me. I'd be driving a lot by myself in the middle of the night and stuff, dealing with a lot of stress and, and crazy with my job and children's services. I would definitely be smoking while I was driving then. But when it would come to pass that period of time when I was no longer working for children's services, I never did. I never smoked in my vehicle. When Max and Mia came and they were teeny babies and they, you know, Mia especially it was in the hospital for 18 days with some respiratory issues. This is how committed I was to this habit. I would feed her. She would go to bed. You know, obviously I have the baby monitor with their alarms and bells and whistles. So she was perfectly safe. I don't want anybody to be like, oh my God, you left your kids alone. <laughs> like I would sit beside, I would sit outside and I would smoke. I stopped drinking. Really, when they came, I stopped drinking for a, quite a long time. But I would smoke. And then I would take a shower immediately, like a full-on. I would scrub, and I would brush my teeth, and I would scrub my whole body, scrub my hair, everything. So I was taking a shower every single night after smoking just so that I could continue to have that habit. But also, I love my babies so much. I never wanted to hurt in any way, feel like I was hurting them. <laughs> because I maybe had any smoke on my body at all that could hurt, that could hurt them. So, anyway, coming up into this birthday, I'm still doing this. I'm still having this habit every night, every night. I mean, I'm talking about, like, through the winter, outside, it's 40 below. Like, there's advisories telling you not to be outside. It's so cold. I'm out there. I'm out there in a hat and gloves and, and face, the whole deal. Coming up on this birthday, I had some family members <coughs> who I knew had smoked before, and then I realized that they weren't anymore, but they had these vape things. I don't know if you've ever, if anybody even knows what I'm talking about. It's just like a machine with a battery. I know there's a lot of conflicting research, there's a lot of conflicting whatever about it, but I just, all I knew was that they had been smokers, and then now they were no longer smoking cigarettes, they were using this vape thing, and I didn't, I wanted to know everything about it. So I had another family member who ended up giving me one of these vape machine things. Here, here's the end of the story. I don't know if the vape is as bad or maybe worse than cigarettes, I don't really know. Here's what I do know. I stopped smoking cigarettes 100% when I started using the vape, and now I don't even use the vape. I don't sit outside at night anymore. I don't, like I broke, not, not just that I broke smoking cigarettes, I broke the habit. And so now that I've broke the habit, I don't really even feel like I need to continue to use the, you know, the vape because of nicotine or whatever it would be. I don't think that I, it was ever about nicotine. I think that it was about a habit. Kind of the same thing with, with alcohol. I'll be honest with you. Like three or four months ago, I had a bottle of uh, vodka. And I had kind of over a month or so had finished it. And then I was like, why am I even doing this? I don't drink enough to like you know, alcohol is a downer. It's supposed to help you to relax. I wasn't even drinking enough to have those effects. So why am I even drinking it? And I started really evaluating. And again, it was like, I'm just in this rut of drinking this small amount, of sitting outside, of smoking too sick. Like, why am I doing this? I need to really evaluate. And so I ran out and then I just never bought any more. And then... <laughs> At this point, it's gotten to where I'm so terrified, like I said, of vomiting and of having a hangover that I just haven't bought any and I've just stopped. And honestly, I don't know that I'll ever drink again because um, my tolerance was already super low. And so who knows what it is now? I'll probably have like half a glass of wine and, and not be able to walk or something ridiculous. I don't care about people drinking. Obviously, when it's affecting your family or when it's affecting your health it's an issue. Was I an alcoholic? I don't know. One time I Googled it. How, what do you have to do to be an alcoholic? Uh, and it said like, I remember feeling okay about myself because it said like, uh, any more than one drink a night. And I was like, Oh cool. I only have one drink a night. I'm good to go. But I'm not a doctor, but I imagine 
uh, drinking every night for multiple, multiple years probably isn't good for the old liver. So, as I'm approaching 40, I'm flirting with 40 here, I thought it'd probably be a good decision to uh, lay off. Do I feel a ton better and like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much smoking and drinking every night was affecting me? No. No. I don't feel any different than I did when I was doing it. Do I notice major health benefits? No. I don't notice anything different. Um, I don't have any increased energy. I don't have any, like, because it, it wasn't really something that at least I could see on the outside that was physically affecting me. Now, what do my insides look like? I would imagine better. I mean, my lungs, I hope, are, are, are okay. <laughs> and hopefully better. Um, who knows? Maybe not. Maybe I'll have lung cancer someday. I don't, I don't know. That'd be awful. But, you know, it's, it's a price to pay. So that's that. I'm no longer a smoker and I no longer drink alcohol. Those were, like I said, do I think that those two behaviors are for like unequivocally for any person wrong or a sin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think there are people who smoke who it's just something that they do. And I don't know that I would necessarily qualify that as it, it has to be something that you evaluate yourself, I guess is what I'm, what I'm saying. And for me, like I said, for me, the fact that I sat in church for so many Sundays and when my pastor would say those, those things about evaluating your heart, evaluating your, um, you know, your, your, your behavior, are there secret things in your life? Are there sin in your, is there sin in your life that you need to let God deal with? Are there things that you need to change that maybe are holding? When he would say those things, smoking and drinking for me were always two things that came to my mind. Not necessarily because I was pounding 12 beers a night and neglecting my family and not going to work and, (laughs) puking every morning and not necessarily because I was going through a pack a day or two packs a day of cigarettes. No, for me, it was because I was depending on those things as a way to address anxiety. And for me, if I'm going to anything else in my life with my stress and anxiety, other than taking those things to God, it's wrong. For me, it's wrong. And so, and also, like I mentioned, The fact that those were things that I was doing in secret without being comfortable or confident with anybody else knowing. And so having to sneak, being in secret, that had me feeling like it probably was, they were probably things that I needed to cut out. And so I did. And I'm so, so grateful that I did. It was a lot less dramatic than I ever thought it would be. I really had it in my head like it was going to be so hard. It was going to be so dramatic. And I just stopped. Maybe because I'm getting old. I was the other part of it. Like it just felt like it was, I was getting too old to keep up with that, that lifestyle. You know, I've eliminated a lot of stress and anxiety from my life by having my um, second husband no longer really be a part of my life. And so that's been a huge help. Um, but yeah, I was just feeling too old and and just thankful to get to my 37th birthday and, you know, no longer, um, no longer be dealing with those things in my life. So now it's on to the next thing. (laughs) I don't know. There's always something. Like I said, it's not like now I can like wipe my hands and, and feel good because I, I don't have anything else to deal with. No, there's always something, but those particular things were things that had lingered on for quite a while. And so I'm glad to be done. I'm glad to be done. If you are, okay, here's what I want to say. Again, no judgment towards anyone who is a closet smoker or an out, any, no, none of that. But here's the thing. If you are, have closet behavior or secret behavior and you need somebody to talk to, I'm your gal. Okay. Reach out to me. If you want, need support because you want to stop those behaviors or those, let me know and I'll help you out. If you need to be able to tell somebody who's outside of your family and friend circle, that's not going to judge you or question you. I'm telling, I don't know how many people 
because I'm, I feel confident. Like I know, I know I'm not worried about people judging me. Judge on judgers. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, I'm here to help. Okay. I know it's hard and I know like having those types of habits and behaviors can be really, really frustrating. Um, especially when you're trying to stop and you don't want to be that person or you don't want to do those things. It can be really hard. So I'm here for you. You can email me at its.me.sam.podcast at gmail.com. You can, uh, find me at the same handle on Instagram, uh, or if I know you and you're local and you want to chat, you can always catch up with me on Facebook or give me a call or, you know, flag me down at the park. I'm there a lot. At the school, I'm there a lot. <laughs> it's about to be back to school. Woo! I don't know. I feel sad. I miss my kids when school starts. So, all right, that's it. I hope you don't think I'm trashy, but it's okay if you do. All right, I'll talk to you the next time. I love you all. Bye.